This is Terry Crosby. Andy Steiger. Welcome to the AC Podcast. On this podcast, we want to help you understand and speak the language of our culture and address questions being asked with intellectual honesty, gentleness, and respect. Gentleness and respect and humor. <laughs> and humor. And humor. There's a little uh, foretaste of what we're going to talk about today. We have a guest in studio, and it seems like, I don't know, I've known you a lifetime because I've been here a lifetime at this church. But we have in studio Leland Clausen. Hey, how you doing? Leland, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. It is great to be with you. Question, Terry, the real question is, have I signed... Anything for you. Have I signed a DVD? You have not signed. We, <laughs> okay. we need well, to do that afterwards. Yeah, yes. Yeah. We need to remedy that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've been at this church for 27 years. So By you've been this around church, you mean Northview? Northview Community Church in Abbotsford. Okay. So, your yeah. face has been everywhere. Like, I've seen you many, many, many places. <laughs> do you know how I first made contact with oh, you, Leland? Is this going to be a good story or a bad one? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, and by the way, for those of you who don't know who Leland is, what? Leland is a full-time this, comedian, this right? You're, this, you do this full-time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a full-time Christian comedian. Would you call yourself a Christian comedian or just comedian? Uh, hey, it depends on the day and the week. <laughs> I'm in the middle of a day and a week right now, so I don't know. I, I, I'm a Christian who is a comedian. Let's go with that. But you, for the most part, I'm a Christian. So in other comedian words, now. you'll do any. You'll you've done all sorts yeah. of comedy. I, I mean, I started out in clubs and bars and and stuff like that. And I, I didn't change the act. It's still the act was the act, right? Mm-hmm. I've always been clean and and all that kind of stuff. God honoring with it is how I. Uh, perceived it. <laughs> Maybe that's wrong. Maybe God was like, no, this is terrible. You're so hacky. Uh, it's not honoring me at all. Um, <laughs> so but, the first time we met oh, okay, yeah, was at a church called Eagle Ridge Bible Fellowship. And I had invited in Coquitlam. In Coquitlam. I invited you in. And uh, that was a tough crowd. You invited me in? Or Char did. Uh, I, oh, okay. But, I, but I think name. it was my idea. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to take credit for it. <laughs> and they made me work that night? Yeah, that was a tough crowd that night. I've been uh, there a couple times. So oh, have you? When I brought you out, it was the first, was the first time. I was the youth pastor and young adults oh, pastor at that church. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, back I have back never put that day. together before. And I think, I think we've talked about this, but I've never... Uh, now mm. I got it. Okay. Now, now you know. Now... On that note, hey, if I've, been, if I've been back, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> or they all forgot. Uh, have you have you ever had that where you're up there doing your comedy routine and you're thinking this is a tough crowd? Oh yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> this crowd's they're, making me work for it. I mean, comedy's a lot of of live stand up comedy is the success of it has to do with atmosphere. Like I get to some places and the first thing I do is like, oh, we're going to need an extra row in the front here because there's a huge gap and that's not going to be conducive to connecting. And oh, the lighting. okay here's what we got to do with the lighting. If we can me brighter crowd a little bit dimmer because it can it's conducive to laughter. If it's really bright on the audience, they're kind of kind of feel kind of like, oh, I don't know. It's great to have you in studio because yeah. we don't have very many people in studio. Yeah, we're always having to. We have to look at each other and it gets yeah. a little boring, <laughs> you know? So it's great to have you here. Okay, we've started like way into your life already. Take yeah. us back. 
Take mm. us back to when you were a little kid, maybe even birth. Tell us a little bit, a bit about yourself. And, <laughs> and birth. I don't re- <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, I don't remember. Okay. Any of that. <laughs> I know I was seven pounds in a little bit. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, feisty, from what my mother tells me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, go to I three. Grew, <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in, uh, in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Holy Family Hospital. Okay. That was one of two hospitals there. I don't know why I was born in that one. It's impressive um, that you know the hospital you're born in. I can't yeah. say that I do. That's also where I got my appendix out. That's why I know that. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I, at nine years old, got my appendix out. By, by the way, okay, this is a bit of an aside, but I had two doctors doing the, the, the thing on my appendix. It was about to burst. Dr. Uh, Diaz, and he was pretty good. He, was, he did the thing, but he had a bit of, a, a bit of an accent. Uh, so he's a little bit hard to understand. So you're nine years old and you know the doctor's name. That that disturbs me. Well, here's why I remember the other one. <laughs> His name was Dr. Igor. Oh, Yeah, that's a name you don't forget. <laughs> and he had like an Eastern European accent. Wow. Freaked me, like Transylvanian or something. Like, so <laughs> how are we doing today? It's just like, ah! I don't know if I want that guy to do surgery. Did you put something it. in or take something out? <laughs> so I knew a psychiatrist. His name was Dr. Sad. <laughs> no. S-A-A-D. And when we saw him, he was like about over 90 years old. And it was literally step Step, step <laughs> all the way to his office. You know, some people have names that just shouldn't be doctors. <laughs> they should be no. doctors. Yeah. Anyway, I moved out to the country. Here, here, uh, a big part that uh, this will this will clear everything up for you. Uh, for this is all you need to know about me. I grew up on a farm. Well, I moved out there when I was six. I guess six or seven. I grew up on a farm by myself. Basically, I had older brothers and sisters, but no one played with me. So I just created a world. Like my imagination grew. Like instantly, and I that's my, my whole those years were just all that. Here's another, th- here's another thing to, to understand <laughs> me. My mom, at now she said four originally, now she's backtracking and saying five. This is when we still lived in the city. She left me at home alone because she had to go to work. And I guess as a kid, I was like, I don't want to go to the sitter. And she's like, Okay, fine, leave <laughs> <laughs> one on, she on the farm. Me at wow, home. and then somebody called. And, and I picked up the phone, and they were like, hey, "Is your mother or father there?" And I'm like, "No." And it was—I guess it was the realtor because we were. Moving. And she, so she was like, "Oh, uh, are you there alone?" And I was like, "No, Tammy's here." And like, oh, can I speak to Tammy? And I'm like, uh, "Tammy's a dog." <laughs> so, so no. <laughs> Did you have those phones where everybody can listen in? In on what yeah, were they? And the farm. Yeah, on the farm. The party yeah. line. Yeah, yeah the party line. Yeah. <laughs> It was a party. It was yeah, a party. Muriel, <laughs> get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about your rhododendrons? Yeah. All right? That was the best when you both pick it up at the same time and you know that if you're just really quiet, you could listen in on this conversation <laughs> and they'll never know. Uh, when, when did you start thinking, you know what, this whole comedy thing, I'm, a, I'm actually a pretty funny guy. Maybe I should do this as a living. Like, how, how do you make that transition where you're like, I'm going to make people laugh for a living? Well- when you grow up on a farm near Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, you're not thinking vocational. Like, that's a vocation that you <laughs> you can do for sure. Just right? say it again. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so yeah, I, growing up, I, I, love, I love to make people laugh. It was something I did, and I, was, I noticed I had a bit of a, you know, I was good at it. Like, how old were you when you realized you were good at it? 
well, comedy. even in in school and stuff, just making friends laugh and mm. and things like that. Probably more middle school where I was kind of like, oh, not bad, <laughs> not bad at this. I, you know, I never thought career. Um, then I moved to Saskatoon, went to University of Saskatchewan, go Huskies. <laughs> <laughs> Got a degree in anthropology. Oh. See, there, they, see, there's people listening right now from like Australia and whatnot. They have no idea, or even down in Portland, where I'm from. Saskatchewan, you need to understand, it's is in the middle of nowhere in Canada. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's pretty much in the center of Canada, but there's just Very like... close. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's lo- flat. Well, see, and, and that's flat. where people that have never been there or only been to the flat part would say that. And that's, that's pure ignorance. I know, no, I'm no, I would say that too. <laughs> I, I lived in Meadow Lake. Do you know where that is? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's yeah, lots of trees up there. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of... Uh, see, the, so the bottom part is... Sorry. Yeah, the, go ahead. the bottom part, like the bottom third even maybe even quarter is yeah. all flat prairie and that's where all the people live. So that's what everyone just assumes. <laughs> but you get beyond <laughs> well, that's what that, you drive the through. Canadian shield comes around the Hudson's Bay and so the Canadian it's all Canadian shield. It's all lakes, trees. See when I lakes, first same yeah. thing. when I first came to Canada, that was those were the jokes I heard. It was uh, people make fun of Saskatchewan and Newfies. Newfoundlanders. Newfoundlanders that, as yeah. I would refer to them as <laughs> <laughs> is that like a derogatory term? Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Like some of them are like, ah, call us that. We love it. And others are like, you know what? No. I'm getting sick of hearing that. <laughs> but yeah, the first joke I heard coming to Canada was uh, that people in Saskatchewan, it takes two days to lose your dog yeah. if it uh, if it runs away because it's so right. You can see your dog you, you, run away for two days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What, that was a way better. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think I delivered that delivery. so well. I'm here all morning. <laughs> I'm here all, morning. <laughs> all right. So continuing along in this uh, comedy journey, when did you make that step to go full time into comedy? I actually it was after I was already married and have had a degree in anthropology, and I was like, well, none of this is going to help me. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I want to try this out. So I decided to. I actually told a friend. Like, this is how it went. I, I told a friend, I think I'm going to try comedy. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I started working on writing material. And then his parents called me, Hey, our comedian canceled for a Christmas party in Crake, Saskatchewan, the co-op, the Crake Co- co-op Christmas party canceled. Will you, do you, we hear you're a comedian. And I was like, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and they paid me a hundred dollars and I was like, well, I don't know. I shouldn't take it. <laughs> wow. And I did, like, you're not supposed to do an hour for your first time out. What, what should you out, do for out. your first time? Maybe five minutes. Five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Two to five minutes at an open mic and realize, did oh, you I'm keep horrible them? at this. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work way harder. So you, you don't did just an go hour. do, I did an hour. I rehearsed it and rehearsed it word for word. This is what I'm going to do. This is going to be great. Every time I clocked it out, I was like, yeah, it's an hour. Uh, I, I whipped through it. <laughs> And I was like, okay, hey, done. And I look at my watch and it was 35 minutes. Oh, and no. I was like, oh. wow. Just one right after it. So then Shotgun. I started riffing. So where are you did from? You rank, did you You <laughs> winged it. Crake. <laughs> so how many people were there? Well, a Christmas party crowd, Christmas probably party? about 100 or so. Out in the farm areas? Yeah. And here's the thing about it. I thought I did well. Like, I was like, well, that was pretty good. Now I know better. Like, it was like, oh, that was a train wreck. That was horrible <laughs> and painful. <laughs> But I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. 
Now, a couple questions here. I, I actually have a lot of questions. And one of the things that we want to get into as we go deeper with Leland is, is just talking about a theology of humor. This is something that often doesn't come up is just the importance to laugh. And in fact, that God created us to laugh. I mean, mm-hmm. laughter isn't something we invented. It's something that God invented, which has some really interesting theological implications. But before we get deeper into just the theology and talking more about the nuances of humor, I, there's some aspects of comedy that I really respect, and I'm curious you know, how you do it. Uh, if you've ever watched a comedy show, you know that most comedians, they don't have notes. They're, right. they're just talking to the audience. How do you do that? Have you needed to use notes? Um, do you ever get lost in your routine, and how do you find yourself again? I get lost all the time, uh, but those are fun. Those are fun little tangents, so, you know, within reason. <laughs> if I never get one story out because I'm constantly doing you know, tangents, that would be ridiculous. But I started something, and it kind of became a tradition for me. What I do is I write out a set list. I handwrite a set list on a piece of paper. I fold it up and put it in my back pocket every show. And I don't take it out to look at it, but... But you know it's, it's a close. Safe, it's a safety net. Yeah. And so actually there was a time where I was like, I got to take this out of my pocket just mentally so that I'm not ever stuck on something as a superstition or as a, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I took it out and I was like, oh, this feels so weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naked. <laughs> uh, but yeah, show went fine. But uh, I still do it. I, I still, uh, I, I'll catalog that. And so I've got files of, of gigs. So if I go back to a place, I can see what, exactly what I did. So I don't repeat a whole bunch of stuff, right? Right. I might repeat a couple of the classics. Right. <laughs> and we got to talk about the classics. Yeah. Uh, why, why don't we just, well, is there anything else you want to say about, you know, the, like, how do you, how do you, maybe just, how do you memorize the it's, whole it's, thing? It's not, it's not really hard because you, you're telling a story. At least a lot of my stuff now is storytelling, Right. Now, if you're if I'm introducing a new joke, then I kind of stumble on it, and because it, if it's a new joke, I might be a little more nervous about that particular part. But everything else is just so I'm telling a story, so it follows a logical line of. of so the end of the story is going to indicate where you're going to go next. Yeah, yeah, and you know those transitions. Like I say, finish saying this, and now I'm talking about this, or it leads into that. Like I like a nice continuity to my act too, right? Yeah, it, it's not really. I'm working on a movie right now, and it's like eighty some scenes or something. And man, I'm having trouble memorizing this thing. Now, so what's a different? Can we know what this movie's called? It's it's a one I wrote. It's called Sleeper Agent. Oh, okay, uh, we're shooting it in Colorado in in July. Now, this isn't your first movie. You've done a couple. Yeah, I've done a uh, I've done a few now. Yeah. Um, what were the other ones? Because you did one where you were a runner. Yes, it was. Which called you have the ex- perfect body type to <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, called Extraordinary. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was based on a true story about an ultramarathon runner pursuing his passion. Well, and I, I think that's actually a great segue into your classic jokes in that uh, in some ways you were built for comedy. Right. <laughs> right. Right. One of the things I love about you, Leland, is your your ability to just poke fun at yourself. Leland has some of the longest arms and the the biggest hands I've yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah, it doesn't fit my body. At what point did you realize the Lord may have made my hands too big? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember when I realized it, but uh, by the time I started doing comedy, so this is after I was married, it was something that I was regularly joking about, and so I brought it into the act. And the beauty of of like, because I started out in clubs and bars and things like that, is that you have a very short window on some of these bars 
to get attention. A lot of guys, that's when they get their blue material. They just like, here's the dirty, dirty stuff so that the, the drunk people are like, oh, what? Okay, I'll listen, right? Okay. I didn't have that, but I did have massive hands that people were like, what? <laughs> and so uh, that was my blue material. It wasn't blue, but it got attention. It was my attention-getting material that, that helped me. Now, for our listeners to get an appreciation for the size of your hands, you can touch one earlobe and then touch the other one. Across my face. People uh, go underneath their chin, and they're like, I can almost do it. And it's like, you're cheating over, over <laughs> your face. Cheating. Okay, so, <laughs> so if, if the listener wants to get an appreciation for this, you can, with your thumb, touch one earlobe, and then with your yes. finger, touch your touch other the other one across, across your face your face yes <laughs> now, now now that's that's two it's a big hands yes but it's also a small head yeah <laughs> you gotta have let's two. talk about the other aspect yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> he's having trouble with his headphones <laughs> do you have any kids headphones around here? <laughs> some fisher price ones that i can slap on now some shrek now i can appreciate the hand jokes because i have meaty hands myself these yeah, are more man. like sausages you get sausage fingers there yeah stuck on a, a palm but i have probably the largest thumbs of any human being oh I've, wow look at those yeah i've ever met and in fact they look like toes i was just gonna say <laughs> the genetic mystery here yeah. is that you my little sister <laughs> my little sister's big toes are identical to my thumbs wow yeah yeah and i remember as a kid going you know, this is an interesting thing, actually. Let's just talk about this for a moment. Sorry, I can't stop staring at your, <laughs> your toe thumbs now. You guys need to do a, an act together. <laughs> can, you, can you pick things up with those? Or how does I can, work? How does, I can crush things with these. Like, honestly, one time uh, my hand strength needed to be checked because I, I had a, an accident happen with a finger. And so they go, oh, let's just check your hand strength, see how things are going. And she's like, you know, I'm, a, I'm just a kid at this point. She's like, I've only seen one other man with hand strength like that. And he was a longshoreman. And then, but then they checked my thumb strength. And even if you just look at this meaty. Yeah. That's right, a muscular thumb. Yeah. They, she's like, I've never seen thumbs that strong period. But, <laughs> but I'm not quite sure they are thumbs. <laughs> but here, the, like, listen, this is the thing. Well, that wait, the, let's not, let's not, we got to stick with it. Do you work them out? Do you <laughs> push ups just with your thumbs? Oh no, that would, yeah, that would be no problem. That would that, be no problem. That would be no problem. That's Dang. crazy. <laughs> now, the thing that's interesting about about humor, I think, and particularly the aspect of humor that can be one of the most difficult, and that is being able to poke fun at yourself. Right. Because uh, I remember when I was a kid, I hated my thumbs. And, mm. and they actually just brought me to tears because everybody's like, good Lord, man, those things are huge. <laughs> <Well>, sorry, <laughs> sorry to bring back bad childhood memories. Well, that's the funny thing is that at one, you know, there's this moment in your life where you're you're like, you know what, maybe I just need to stop taking myself so seriously. Right. And maybe I just need to be able to laugh at the ridiculousness sure. of my thumbs. And it was funny because once I began to do that, boy, did that change the atmosphere. And, and one of the other areas that this has impacted me, if I am ever preaching and I just, I just need, you know, an easy laugh, I just have to mention the fact that I'm bald, you know, that, that I comb my hair with a sponge, right, right. you know, or, or whatever. I've got plenty of bald jokes. Yeah, yeah. People just 
die laughing, right? They they love that. But I got to say, when I first started losing my hair, man, like that, that was no that was fun. Funny. Yeah, that was not funny. <laughs> you know, like I mourned over every, you know, follicle. I, I just purchased some uh, hair fiber. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, well, I got the movie coming up and I'm like, you know what? I, I want to just have a... Oh, you want a full. I'm full. I'm just starting yeah, to lose okay. a little bit around the... <laughs> <laughs> it works. I'm telling you. Is it, is it, yeah. is it working? It's buying me a little more time. <laughs> it's buying me a couple of years. My bald genetics are very strong in the in, uh, okay. in my family so i i knew that the battle was was over and i just needed to uh admit defeat but again is one of those things where there's something powerful though isn't there about just mm-hmm. being able to let go of those sorts of things and just being able to laugh at sure it. I, I mean hey growing up i, I have like I, I don't just make fun of my hands and my head I, I there's other parts of my body that i make fun of too now <laughs> i'm doing the whole thing <laughs> What size are your feet, by the way? They're they're thirteen. Okay, so it's not they're not it's not bad. I'm your hands are your hands are bigger. But here's the problem (laughs) with that. About half of that is toe. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've got finger toes. I don't even have feet. I got four hands. Can we put that up on show notes after a picture of it? <laughs> I'm not taking my shoes off. Now, one of the other things that's interesting is now a normal human being. Uh, <laughs> if you put your hands out. Yeah, that's you know, supposed to be your height. That's supposed the to be wingspan your height. is supposed to be your height. Right. Now, yeah, your wingspan nope. is. is I'm, I'm just about a foot off. <laughs> it's not bad. Not bad. So your wingspan with your arms is a foot longer. Well, it's not a foot, but okay. it's, it's substantially longer. It's not higher than your body. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's it's long. I have long arms, long monkey arms. Plus, I've got really long hands. Uh, so you attach that together, and I, yeah. I could probably fly. So I'm, I'm interested in when you're up there, there's a connection with your audience that you make every single night. I mean, how amazing is that? It seems like you have a little bit of, of I wouldn't want to say power, but you, you have some, you know, some stuff up there that you can influence those that are sitting in front of you. Uh, maybe a little bit more than maybe a morning uh, sermon on Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> you know, well, uh, there is there's a connection that you, you find, and you, there's you, and there's sure it's amazing. I well, think it's the beauty of humor. Isn't it's it? the beauty of humor. You, you know, there's stuff that I that I know how to do up there that I don't even know that I know how to do. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've just done it for twenty some years, and I wish I could teach a lot of it, but I don't even know what I'm doing because so much of it is is you know I'm subconsciously doing it, but. When you laugh together with someone, you, you know, there's, there's a fellowship that's going on. There's a breaking down of, of barriers. Because getting back to what you were asking about, I used to have body image issues like crazy. Like I was, I was ashamed of what I looked like. Mm-hmm. And now I just kind of share it and people get joy out of that. So for me, it's, it's a win. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm totally okay with how God made me now, where I used to be kind of like, you could have maybe, <laughs> you could have maybe done some different dimensions on some of these appendages. It's funny because my kids will ask me, dad, why your thumb's so big? And I, I'll tell them, well, when the, when the angels built me, they had extra parts and asked the Lord, what do we, what should we do? And we just uh, put them in the thumbs, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, But it's, exactly. it's funny though, how it disarms other people because yeah. I've seen it where people, you know, maybe are balding a bit or whatever. And then they see that I can laugh about it. Sure. All of a sudden they can start to not take themselves so seriously as well right. and be able to laugh at it themselves. Yeah. Humor is, is very disarming. It, it really is. Now, now, having said that, I know some comics who are delivering a message through their comedy, 
and there's other comics that are, that maybe there's a message there, but it's because they've broken down through comedy and then they present a message. Do you know what I mean? Two very different things. If, if, we're, if you're using it as a tool, and I know you didn't ask me anything about, hey, talk to me about using it as a tool, but I'll just pretend you did. Okay. <laughs> maybe you can go back Make and up your own questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that's good. Because uh, we're here now. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. No, uh, but the former is, is a lot more difficult. It's weaving in. It's like getting people to think about something as as they're laughing about like it. Like social issues. Yeah. Is that what you're talking it's, about? Yeah. It's very, yeah. it's very difficult. And you have to be... Hmm. And this is something we've talked about. Incredibly sharp to pull that off. With regards to the, the gospel or different aspects in Christianity. Yeah. You know, how do you use your comedy to, to be able to communicate? Right. Because that's, that's what it is. It's a communication tool. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, what's interesting about it, too, that I've noticed as a pastor is if I want an audience to, to give me a hearing, one of the best things I can do is humanize myself and humor. Yeah. Uh, that I'm a normal dude mm-hmm. and then that I don't take myself too seriously and uh, people will listen to you. I tell you what, if, if I don't know somebody, he gets on stage and the first thing he does is make me laugh. It makes me go, oh, I want to engage more when what this guy's got to say. Mm-hmm. Just because I, I didn't know him before. And now I'm starting to get to know him now. Oh, I kind of like what he's, uh, he's a good guy. He's, he's a funny guy. Now, I want to take a moment here, just to go to the dark side of comedy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I knew you guys are going to make me cry. <laughs> and, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. This is something I've never talked to you about, Leland, but I, I'm, I'm interested in your thoughts here. A lot of comedians struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. Sadly, a lot of very funny people uh, have taken their lives. Yeah. Um, and I think of Chris Farley is one that just... A lot of millennials won't know well, who, who that is, but he was on Saturday Night Live, did a number of it was, movies. It was a drug overdose with, with Chris Farley, but, but yeah. yeah, self-destructive behavior, Yeah, which I, I've seen in so many comedians. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. What do you think is going on with that? Why, why do you think so many comedians deal with depression? Have you ever struggled with that? I still do, yeah. I definitely deal with, with a little bit of depression. I, I don't know what that's from or why or, or, or whatever. I, I do know... Well, I, I don't know. I just get really down. <laughs> what, will, you, will that be before a show or after a show? It's usually not show related. Oh, okay. For me. But I will say, when it, let me dive into shows. You know, you do have this high after a show. You make a whole bunch of people laugh, and it's just, sometimes it takes me a little longer to, to come down. Like, I get to the hotel room, and it's 11 or 12 o'clock, just finished doing a show, and it's like, oh, I'm not going to be sleeping until 2 Right. Just because it's just like all the endorphins were running or, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. When so, I preach a sermon at night, too, I'll, like, oh, okay. I'll have the same thing. Yeah. yeah. I can't go to bed until like midnight. Yeah. Two would have been in a different time zone, so we we're still going to bed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was traveling in, in that scenario. Um, the problem is I've seen many secular comedians and uh, who uh, self-medicate, um, mm-hmm. but also when it comes to comedy – that becomes everything to them. Like I've got to be, I've got to get that attention, which for me, like that's my weakness is I I want attention, but, but I'm an introvert too. It's a weird combo. I don't want to go socialize in a group. I'd just rather be by myself, but give me a microphone and a thousand people. And it's like, Oh yeah, no, I love this. This is my, uh, my zone. So that can be addictive too. So these guys, you know, if if you're not, you know, I'm grounded in in Christ. and, And so I've, I recognize this can't become an idol to me or, or those kinds of things, right? And, and those are the things that I work through. But I've seen many comedians that abuse alcohol and, and drugs and those kinds of things or, or maybe just the lifestyle on the road, you know, with picking up women, at, at you know, whatever. Mm. 
that kind of goes hand in hand with the stand-up comedy because they get that little bit of that high and then they want to let's keep this rolling or, or or whatever like there's you know sometimes they're not related but yet it's still related to the person who needs something it seems like still comedy searching for something you it know? seems like comedy the aspect of it being quite raunchy is very very popular right hmm. you have to keep it quite clean how hard or easy is that for you I've just always done it this way. So it's, it's not like when people say to me, oh, well, it's, it's, I respect what you do because it's so much harder to be clean. And I'm like, I don't know. Do you go to a line? Is there a line? Uh, there probably is a line. Yeah. <laughs> Subconsciously, I, I just, it, it's just yeah. not the way I, I do comedy or ever have. So yeah. it, it's really not a big deal to me. Yeah. You know, I know that's a thing for pe- some people, but I, I don't know. For me, it's, I've never really been. So with being an introvert, and, you know, you're a comedian and you like to make people laugh. Does it make it then difficult when you're in a crowd with people because you feel like you're always on? Or do you feel like you can just be Leland? Does that make sense? I, it does. You know, I, I know that I've, uh, like, I've been picked up from, uh, from the airport by somebody taking me to a show. And we're just talking normal. And I, I don't ever feel the pressure but I've noticed that it's like, oh, wow, this person is scared to death that this show is going to be terrible tonight because I just haven't been funny. But I'm just I'm just being me. And, and, and sometimes I'll that's funny because I, I am a funny guy, but I'm never forcing it, hmm. which, you know, no one wants to be around a guy who's always on. Hmm. I'll be honest with you. They're really, really tiring to be around. So you've hey, met- yeah, 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 yeah. you know, they're always, <laughs> right? It's just right. like, dude, stop. <laughs> Come down a bit. <laughs> just, and that person probably goes into his hotel room and cries. He's I know, done. right? <laughs> you know? Oh, I know you don't watch Why can't I just shut up? <laughs> dude, just chill out. It was funny when I got into, into youth ministry, uh, that was my impression of a lot of youth pastors. It was like, these guys were on cocaine. I was like, I don't want to be that guy, you know, who's just crazy all the time like yeah, yeah. I, I want to be a, a normal person yeah yeah uh, but yeah it's interesting though because people they sometimes don't know how to see you as a normal person yeah and people will like oh I was and they've all they've, their context of me is I was on stage telling them about myself and it was real stuff so they feel like they know me a bit and it was all jokey jokey so as soon as they see me they're hey, well, hey look at you big long arms you freak hey how you doing you know, and like, am I right are we, are we having fun together kind of thing and I'm just like listen I don't I don't know who you are um, and that's hurtful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe dial it back a notch buddy <laughs> how do you come up with jokes Leland uh, a lot of times now, and I'm becoming a little bit more of a storyteller, which is maybe a lazy man's way to become a comedian, but just stuff happens and I just take note of it and I observe. It's a muscle that you use, right? Mm. If you're using it often, you're always, oh, this is a comedic piece right here. And you don't even realize it. Like if you, if you don't have that muscle, then, then that's not comedy to you. But if you're using that muscle all the time, that, that's comedy. And uh, yeah, just a lot of stories and things. I, the other day I was, dude, this is, okay, this is uh, I'm getting old, okay? <laughs> I was at the airport and I was in line to get a, a car rental, okay? My phone rang. It was an important call, so I better jump out and take the call. Because I don't want to be talking in line and being an annoying guy, right? So I go off and I'm talking away. Come back, finish the call, and uh, I'm still in line. I'm finishing my water. I set the water. The bottle was empty. I finished drinking it all. I set it on the counter. And that's when I realized 
Wait a second. I didn't have water. <laughs> I don't know where I picked it up. I have no idea, but I drank half of whatever bottle. I don't know. I stole it off someone. Somebody left it there. Somebody's wide-eyed. Down yeah. There. yeah. Security, do? security cameras yeah. watching me. Like, hey, is he taking that thing? He's <laughs> getting terrorist? What is he doing? He's drinking it. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, yeah. So the germ freak in me would just... Uh, yeah, well, I was kind of... I'd cry a little bit. Yeah. I did... I, well, I forget what I did, but I had some... <laughs> some some hang-ups like, oh, started uh. spitting. <laughs> <laughs> With regards to a theology of humor, particularly because you, you tend to do a lot of humor in churches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. First of all, how do Christians tend to react to, uh, you know, a comedy routine in a church? Do they think, you know, this is out of place? Do they think this is a normal or good thing? And I, I think this actually might be interesting to pastors that are listening. This last year we did a comedy called Laughing All the Way yeah. here at Northview with, with you and, and two other guys, which by the way, you were the funniest by far. Oh, I mean, hey, you, you, I, I always find you hilarious, man. You do a gr- such a great job. My but, cr- it was my Christmas material, right? Yeah, it was your yeah, Christmas yeah. material. But yeah. what a great way to bring people into a yeah. church yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. at Christmas time. How do people tend to react? And what, what are your thoughts on that as a Christian with doing comedy? You know, and and here's the thing about it. When I started uh, in in Canada, Canada was a little bit behind as far as as doing events, I, I guess, like comedy events. So there wasn't really any Christian comedy that existed or whatever. So I would I was calling up churches and they were going, "What is this thing you want to do?" So it was a bit of convincing. Uh, it's changed now. You know, a lot of churches and, and things like that will do it. But um, do you get much pushback? From- I don't. I don't. No. Or if I do, somebody's shielding me from it uh, because <laughs> I, yeah, I never hear any. I mean, you know, in the old days, maybe once in a while I'd get a, that's, you know, laughter doesn't belong in God's house. And <laughs> it's like, I beg to differ. But, uh, you know, and I get, and I get the idea and the sentiment of some of those things were kind of like, hey, you know, we want to come before God with reverence. Right. So when you do this, it, it makes me feel like, you know, you're being irreverent uh, to a holy God. I, I get that that type of argument where it's coming from, but once they, they see what I do, um, they understand that that's not where my heart is either. Yeah. And so generally it's it's fine. Don't, it's the people that, that get all mad and then don't come, right? There's an elder in a church that's like, this is horrible and I won't be have any part of it. And it's like, well, that's, yeah. If you did though, just to check it out, you would see, oh, well, he's really honoring God with what he's doing. Mm. Don't you think it's that we often have like a view of, you know, those people in the Bible, particularly Jesus, where it's just these guys aren't laughing. It's all it's all business time, you know, all the time. And, you know, if he's not preaching, he's praying or whatever, you know, we tend to forget, you know, that they had a personality and, and that they had a sense of humor. There was a book and I don't remember who the author was, but he talked about the humor of Jesus when he spoke in, in, in hyperbole and some of these things. It was funny. Uh, you yeah. know, in the context of the times, he was like, yeah, here's a ridiculous scenario to get you to understand this. And it's like, okay, in that time would have been like, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, like a camel going through the eye of a needle or, right. or something like that. And, I, you know, it's interesting because one time I was watching this, you know, 
Jesus movie. There's plenty of those out there. And, what? Yeah, you know, I'm watching this one. And, and there's this scene that caught me off guard where, you know, Jesus is in this town. He's grabbing some water and he's drinking some water from this well. And his disciples are coming near him and he turns around and he just grabs the water and just splashes them. Right. And then he takes off booking. You know, it's just classic move, you know, that you do to your friend. Right. <laughs> right. And I was just like, it really got me thinking that, wow, yeah, Jesus right. had a sense of humor. And of course he probably would have messed, right. you know, with his fully disciples. Fully God, fully man. So yeah. if he's fully man, he's, he's probably, yeah. It's one of those moments where we, where we realize, you know, sometimes we take ourselves too seriously mm-hmm. and, and we need to just relax, yeah. which is interesting because it's kind of part of our mantra with Apologetics Canada and even here at Northview is our desire not to take ourselves too seriously, mm. that we have an important and serious message, no doubt, right. but that humor is a part of our humanity yeah. and that it's actually an important aspect of humility. Well, and in a sense, it's getting back. It's taking back humor. If we're being honest, the devil has taken something God has made, which was good, Mm. which, you know, it's a classic story. Here's something God created for us to enjoy. And then, oh, let me twist it up and make it this horrible thing. That's why people are like, oh, comedy and and God, they don't mix. It's like, well, no, you're you're, you're taking comedy, this kind of comedy. I'm moving my hand to a different direction than where I I am. (laughs) Uh, For the people that know. Yeah, I mean, they're they're taking, it had a reputation, essentially. A reputation of being this irreverent, this thing that maybe isn't true to what actual humor is, but that's what society has made it. So now that's why people are like, oh, uh, can you do that with God and all this kind of stuff? I was like, well, yeah, God created it, Mm. right? He didn't create it to be that over there, but he created it. I think that's such a good point. There's so many aspects of of things that God created. He created good, and then and then they get twisted. They just like you're talking about. They can be used for evil, but they can be used for good. That yeah. they, you know, you could do this in a God honoring way. Do you think? And, and it seems to me that there is actually quite a need and interest these days for clean comedy. Because I, I think about it even as a parent, if you're watching something and you, and you think something's funny. Uh, you want your kids to be able to enjoy that too. Yeah. Uh, but so much of comedy for so long has has been pretty raunchy that it's never something that you could enjoy with your, your yeah. children. Or you and you know you shouldn't be watching that yourself, right? Right, right, right. And, and, and often don't. But uh, I've noticed with a, a number of clean comedics that they've they've become quite popular. And I can't help but wonder if that's one of the reasons. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, right now, I guess the popular clean thing is is dry bar comedy. Have you heard of dry bar? So I did this this no. thing called dry bar comedy in Utah. We shot it, and it's just it's clean comedy. And online, it's getting just millions. In mine, particularly, isn't. I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got a couple million maybe on one of one but I you know there's something like 40 million views like oh. the, it's really popular now because it, 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 there's an audience for that there's people mm. that are like you know what I I like to laugh I enjoy that but I don't I don't want that yeah. over there well as we come to uh, a conclusion here first we want to say thank you Leland for joining us on, on the well, podcast thanks for having me uh, love love chatting with you um, first of all. What projects do you have on the go right now? And where should people go if they want to get more info, where you're going to be at, and uh, products that you have for sale? Uh, well, my website's always a, a good good place to go, lelandclausen.com. One E in Leland. Uh, ever since that band Leland came out, everyone's been spelling my name wrong. <laughs> Before that, it was everyone did it right. And then, uh, so I'm so mad at that guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there might be a physical altercation if I ever, if I ever meet him. 
Um, uh, yeah, I, I've got a movie uh, we're, we're shooting called Sleeper Agent uh, here in summer, and and uh, that'll that'll come out shortly after. Can that. you give us just a taste of what what this is? It's about a, a guy who uh, becomes convinced he's a generational sleeper agent. He just loves the spy world and and is looking for a purpose, and so he. He's not, but he thinks he is, and then gets caught up in an actual espionage story. It's an action comedy. It's fun. I, I wrote it with uh, with Nathan Blair and uh, producer in, in Colorado, and we're pretty pumped about it. It's it's. I think it's funny, and uh, it's going to be good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, miscommunication. I got a new DVD that I'm, I'm going to be shooting because people love DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For every library out there in every church. Uh, yeah, it, it's called miscommunication. I, I basically looked at my material, the newest material I've been doing, and and found a theme. And the theme was just I, I wasn't communicating properly, or or something. There was some kind of miscommunication, and so that's why I uh, uh, I'm naming it that. And uh, we were actually it's funny because we were talking earlier. I don't know if you remember. Uh, I was asking you questions about yeah, yeah, how, how we miscommunicate the, the gospel yeah. because I, I wanted to kind of tie that in a little bit. So, um, so if, if that part is terrible, that's Andy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks for joining us listeners. The AC podcast is a ministry of apologetics Canada, and we'll come back next week with more things to think about. <laughs>